The Ambitious Mum Podcast. Different women, different lives, different ambitions. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, and every week I'll be having honest conversations about ambition. But I was working till midnight every night. I mean, I really was working every single night. And I was got to the point in the last sort of two or three weeks, my mindset had gone. <laughs> Motherhood. I mean, my kids are loud. They scream a lot. It's crazy. So even without a business, I was actually feeling suffocated. And everything in between. We'll explore how their ambitions and careers have evolved while being a parent. And I'll be digging deep, acknowledging the taboos, the sacrifices, and the sheer grit and perseverance working mums don't talk about. I had to shift my mindset from being in this completely lost state of anxiety to I want to get back on track. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Ambitious Mum. This is episode three of series three. It is so good to be back. First of all, thank you all for your comments from last week's, well, it was two weeks ago now, episode with Diane Wingert, who was a phenomenal guest. And I had loads of wonderful comments and feedback about her and how interesting the conversation was. There was lots of people that were messaging me, I guess, giving me their personal perspectives on potentially what their life may have looked like if they'd had an early diagnosis of of ADHD or contemplating now at this age about possible ADHD in their life. So it definitely sparked a interesting conversation. And, And to be honest, that's what the podcast is all about. It's all about awareness and helping people kind of discover things about themselves and looking ahead so they can help themselves, empower themselves with new information and new support. So that was then, that was that week and we are now with a new guest and I'm really excited about this guest. But before we get going, I wanted to first make a couple of announcements. So this first announcement is I originally said I wanted to put the podcast out every two weeks. And that was with all the best intentions of trying not to get overwhelmed. But actually, I've done a bit of a 360 and I've realised that I miss putting the podcast out every week. So, you know what? I gave myself permission to try something new. Realised, actually, I feel like I could cope with the podcast coming out every week. So I'm going to go back to that. So you'll be happy to know that you will expect the podcast every single week now. So that's the first announcement. Second announcement is that I have a four-part workshop series starting on the 26th of April and this is called drumroll because I can never say this properly it's called freedom from frustration I came up with this name writing it as opposed to saying it and I kind of knew it flowed off the page quite nicely but when I say it it's much harder but this four-part workshop series starts on the 26th of April every Monday night at 7 30 UK time and it's going to be an hour session going through all my lifestyle and well-being tips on keeping us emotionally balanced feeling like we've got some form of equilibrium and really honing in on the different factors and triggers that can cause emotional dysregulation. So that is if you're feeling constantly overwhelmed, irritated, angered, frustrated, easily tipped over the edge is the way I'd call it, um, easily triggered by day-to-day life and you'd like some further tips to empower you and strategies 
this is the workshop for you. I did a free workshop last week. We did 90 minutes of just so much stuff. I could have taught probably for another three hours, but we really covered a lot of lifestyle information that can really help our day-to-day life and our emotional well-being, our emotional balance. So if this is of interest, I've made it as affordable as possible. I've made it £88 for the four sessions. I've really tried to kind of bring that cost down to make it as accessible as possible. So if you go to my website, that's coachingbykate.me.uk and you do forward slash freedom from frustration, then you'll have all the information there. So if you just go to my website, coachingbykate.me.uk, you'll see all the details on the workshop. We start on the 26th of April, which is a Monday night. And I promise you, I'm going to be giving you every week lots of really practical, realistic advice. I'm going to be going through breath work, tapping. You hear me talk about this a lot on the podcast. Lots of things that I've picked up from all the amazing experts, mindfulness, but we're also going to be honing in on um, food and lifestyle choices and movement. Basically, the pillars of our life that can help us feel healthier within our body, but most importantly, healthier in our mind. And this then gives us that emotional baseline that we can wake up every single day making more intentional choices and making decisions where we are putting ourselves first to prioritise our well-being, our mental health, so we can be the best possible person for our family and loved ones. So that's that. And now on to the guest. Okay, so we have got this week a wonderful lady called Dominique Wolf, and she's from the Wolf's Kitchen. Now, I spoke to Dominique about two years ago. She came to me for a coaching session and she came to me and told me that she had a business idea and she was so overwhelmed with life. She's got three young children and she just wasn't sure how she was going to make it work, but she couldn't stop thinking about this business idea. And on this podcast, as much as I love talking about well-being and mental health and, and ways to feel happy and healthy within ourselves, so much of this is based on our creativity, that we really want to be able to be ambitious within our careers as well. And Dominique has proven that if you really hone in on the passion of your idea and really hone in on why, and not necessarily the how, it's more the why, then you will get to the point that you need to get. And she tells us this in this brilliant episode where she started with a idea and she's now landed a deal with Selfridges Food. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode and it inspires any of you out there that have got dreams to set up your own business, to start you know, a project. This amazing story proves that if you just kind of put a little bit of guts in and a bit of graft and you just keep focusing, then it can really happen. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Dominic Wolf, you are here on the podcast. I'm so excited. I can't wait to hear your journey, really, of how where we last spoke and where you are now. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, very excited to be here. It's, it's been a while since we last spoke. Absolutely. So, Dominic, you're a mum, you've got three kids, you live in London, and you set up a business during lockdown. Yeah. And <laughs> there seems to be a little bit of a pattern here of quite a lot of women, especially mothers, setting up businesses during lockdown and actually kind of leaning into their creativity, maybe their kind of their dreams. And um, it's sort of sink or swim, I guess, with lockdown. And a lot of women, I think, to stop them from losing their heads a little bit, have gone into creative mode. Did you find that the pandemic 
did kickstart things or were you already working on the the concept beforehand? I was actually already working on it. So we spoke, I think it was August, late summer 2019. And at that point, I had a concept. I knew I wanted to make these sources. I'd been going around with this idea for about eight months. I had a block. I had this block of actually doing the fine tuning the recipes. And we spoke and I remember you know, you sort of laid it all out and we put priorities, we think we laid down the priorities and you said, what's, what is the one thing you want to achieve? What's the goal you want? And I said, I want to do sources. And you said, well, you just need to do them. (laughs) You just, you know, clear the path, you know, anything else you're doing isn't important. And at that point, I was doing some food writing, writing recipes, a recipe a month for a food health and wellness blog, which was great fun, but it wasn't contributing to this goal. And uh, it was still time consuming. So I said, yeah, that's absolutely right. And I, from that moment on, I made it a priority. So when my child started school in September, I gave myself a goal. And I really think that's so important. When I don't have a goal, it's very easy for me, certainly, to wonder and to just be so unfocused. There's so many things you can do. And I think if you prioritize, that is absolutely key. You're one to two, one, two or three things that you need to do. And yeah, I came up with this, this goal. I wanted to put my sources in the local farmer's market by that December. So I had this goal. I knew I needed those three recipes created. And I, I worked really hard, turned it around in a couple of months, got to manufacture it really quickly and took my three sources to the farmer's market in December. So that was goal number one ticked. I actually had them already made. They were sitting in a warehouse by the April. So they were due to launch actually when the pandemic hit. So this was definitely something that was going on before. And actually for me, the pandemic, I just put everything on hold. You know, the business, I think probably a lot of people can relate. The business was the last thing on my mind. I wasn't earning money from it. So I wasn't losing money by not sort of doing it, if that makes sense. Even though I'd spent some outlay in in getting the sources produced, I just put it on the back burner. This was the furthest thing from my mind. At that point in time, I was anxious. I think a lot of people were. I was anxious about our food supply. I mean, it seems silly now, but I didn't have an online shop booked. You, You couldn't get one. We isolated to be cautious for a couple of weeks. I was full of this anxiety. It wasn't a very pleasant feeling. I know a lot of people felt like that, but it was such an uncertain time that very first few weeks in that first lockdown. And all I, I was just going around in this brain fog, to be honest. So everything about the source business had disappeared. And slowly I got my mojo back. I sort of started becoming a bit more positive, understood a bit more about what was happening, got my food, you know, groceries sorted out, small thing, but it caused me a lot of grief. (laughs) And I went back and my designer actually, we hadn't printed the labels, although the sources were done. I realized as well over that period that the labels we had were not quite right. They just weren't what we, you know, what we set out to do. And that break was a bit fortuitous, really. It enabled us to take a breather, look at it and go, you know what I don't really this is I'm not feeling it Um, and my designer came back and worked on it again and because she was sort of prompting me and she's also got three kids so you know the process was a bit slow but by the June I had my new bottles ready to go and I felt completely energized I actually had listened to some Tony Robbins interviews I thought I need to be positive and I actually I had to shift my mindset actually from being in this completely lost state of anxiety to I, I want to get back on track. And actually, I listened to a few inspiring interviews. Was it with Sarah or Sarah Blakely? I'm not sure how she did Yeah, yeah. or from Spanx. So she's yeah. amazing. And I listened to an interview she did with Tony Robbins. And, and really, that really helped turn around my mindset. 
I felt really positive. He did some others with, with a rapper who's got a whole sort of clothing line and it was really inspiring. And I just thought, no, I, I'm going to do this again. And I started visualising a bit, started getting some goals in place. Yeah. Just to sort of backtrack a little bit, yeah. you had, um, was it literally just an idea? I know you've got Thai heritage yeah. and you, and the sources are based on sort of Thai recipes. So did you notice a gap in the market? Was it quite a sort of practical business idea or did you just have this passion for whether it was Thai cooking or whether you knew that these sauces needed to be made because I think there's a lot of women out there who are sitting on ideas I mean I sit on ideas and we kind of think oh no 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 who am I to do that what kind of person can do that it's not me and all these different things can you break it down a little bit so other women who potentially could be sitting on these ideas can make it feel a bit more realistic for them. Yes. So I was at this crossroads and, and maybe some of your listeners will understand. I'd had three kids in really quick succession. There's only 16, 17 months between each one. I didn't have a career to fall back on. So I was a singer-songwriter. I wanted to be a famous singer-songwriter and that never happened. The penny dropped finally that you know I was never going to make a, a successful career out of that. I did freelance market research stuff. Um, so nothing that re- really resonated. and My big dream had disappeared. So after my, uh, I'd had three kids and my youngest was about a year, I started having this sort of bit of an identity crisis. Who am I? You know, I'm not just a mother. That doesn't define me. I'm a stay-at-home parent at the moment, but that doesn't define me. I need a vocation. Um, And having been out of a sort of full-time permanent office-based work for years, I I just knew that wasn't going to be something for me. I spent quite a long time, a year maybe, soul-searching. You know, I went on courses. I did sort of loads of of free events, networking things. I explored lots of different sort of avenues to see whether anything would really resonate. I thought maybe going into the charity sector because at least that would have purpose behind it that would make me feel that I was doing something good you know, I couldn't find the right thing. And then one day I sort of realized, hang on a minute, I'm in the kitchen. I love experimenting. Food has always been outside of music when music was my passion. Food was always just there. I I used to go out to restaurants all the time. I loved exploring. Food was just my big passion. My aunt, when my youngest was a baby, she would come over and she'd make food for us. We were very lucky. (laughs) She would come over, leave us with loads of Thai dishes, but lots of jars of sauces. And you know, one was this tamarind sauce. And so this is a few years before, but I remember at the time thinking, wow, this is incredible. And I guess when I realized it was food I wanted to do, it, it just sort of, I married the two up and I remembered these sauces and it was like, hang on a minute, this is something I'm really passionate about. I'm going to do this. I had to work on the recipes, of course, and they were, they were the inspiration and certainly the tamarind, that was the one I started working on. There was no business, you know, idea in it. I did go to the British Library because I think once you have an idea, it's really important to get savvy about it. I could be all dreamy and say, have an idea and go with it, but you've also got to be a little bit realistic. Be passionate about something, I think, because you, you need to get up, want to get up in the morning and you need to want to work past midnight every night if you have to with your own business. But you've got to check, is this idea viable? So I did go and do a bit of research and, and I found that the spicy sauces and spicy foods, that sort of trend is on the up. So I knew that I was on something that people were enjoying with hindsight yes it would have been lovely to come up with a really great strategic business idea a product that had super high margin and you know and I didn't have that information and maybe one of the products I do at some point 
I'll have that information. But it was just based on these ideas. Uh, what was really important, I, I started testing it out with friends and family. And you don't get the feedback you, you need, if you like, because everyone's going to be polite or, or they forget to get back to you. And that's why the farmer's market was really important. I'd read this and I'd spoken to other entrepreneurs, even if you just do one or two days. And really, I did two days at my local farmer's market, Ali Pali, to see, is anyone going to buy this? And the bottles were unbranded. I did a label on Canva. So it was pretty <laughs> basic. But I had a nice looking stall. I'd put some bunting up. <laughs> I'd made it look as pretty as I could. And I sold 250 bottles in two days. At this point in time, you could do open tasting. So I had the sources out and some things that they could dip in. And it was fantastic to see people's faces when they tried it. Genuinely, they uh, the response was, oh, my God, this is amazing. So I knew that I was onto something that people liked and were willing to pay for. So that was the validation. And I think if you're coming up with an idea, you need some form of validation. Are you doing something do. different? Or even just something that's really as good as it can be. It doesn't have to be completely different. You know, we're not going to be able to reinvent the wheel there are lots of other sources out there, but I just needed to know my product was as good as I could get it. I love that. I love that because it is important to get that validation, isn't it? It's because we can have all these dreams, but we have to, I kind of like liken it to, it's like the the masculine energy and the feminine energy of like, it's the yin and the yang of like business of that. You have to have that like soul led driven, like what you said, you know, you can stay up till midnight every night working on your own business, but you do have to have like a strategic element. So you went to the farmer's market, you got that validation. And I know you just mentioned to me sort of like offline that you had a goal and your goal was Selfridges. Yeah. And you are now going to be stocked in Selfridges from yeah. April, which is yeah. incredible. Because, Like you say, if someone said to me, if I had any a food item, it would be like, oh, my God, the Selfridges food hall or Marks and Spencers or something like that would be incredible. And you've hit that goal. How did you do that? Like, I'm really interested in manifestation and visualizing things and using our thoughts to create reality. How did you get from being in a farmer's market to now, you know, not that long later, now being accepted into Selfridges Food Hall? How did that happen? It's been a goal for a while. So a few years before I had even my third child, I had gone to a food event and sat opposite the buyer of Selfridges. And there's a whole load of events that are organized by a food group called Bread and Jam. So if you're a food entrepreneur, you, you follow what Bread and Jam do, basically. There's a, a Facebook group called the Food Hub, and, and they do lots of events. And Selfridges is just very much a constant in those places. It's a constant presence. And so it was just a seed that was planted that I wanted Selfridges. Of course, it's the ultimate validation of a premium quality product. So that was there. And before I even started the brief to my designer, who is a friend of mine who helped me design the product, I want this to be Selfridges ready. This is going to be good enough for Selfridges. And so that was the brief. And I knew that this particular buyer from having met him. So there was a combination of proactive work. But I did also visualize it. I went to Selfridges Food Hall in March 2020. And in fact, the date was the 4th of March. And I visualized, I know I was there going, right, imagine me there. And I took pictures of the sources. I researched the categories, took a picture of myself outside it. And I did have probably maybe not as active as I could be on the visualization, but I was like, I'm going to be in Selfridges, you know, and I, I just kind of was visualizing it. So I followed this up with action. And I think actions are really, really important part. Manifesting can be confusing in a way because you could easily get deluded and go, I'm going to 
manifest a Porsche, you know. Actually, <laughs> I don't believe that's what it's about. I think it's about having that goal and doing action towards it. And I think putting it out there makes it happen. It's like being a salesperson. I'm going to visualize that I'm going to hit my targets. That's not airy-fairy. I'm actually putting it out there that this is what I want and I'm going to go for it. So it's goal setting, I think, is really important when backed up by proper action. Um, you know, it's a process as it is with any selling into any shop, actually. Wow, they've asked for samples. This is a great step. It took a while. I didn't hear from them. I sent a few messages. I thought, oh, well, never mind. You know, I'll k- carry on. And, and then one day they just got back, persevered without stalking them <laughs> and, and sort of said, oh, you know, just checking in. And I think one of the things as a salesperson, it's not always just about emailing, oh, following up my last email. It's about giving little updates. So I've taken to doing Wolf HQ updates. Oh, by the way, just to let you know, I was on the BBC last week, or just to let you know, I was in the independent hot sauce, um, best hot sauce list. And I maybe don't ask for a sale. I'm not trying to close it. I'm just giving them a little update that makes them aware. And eventually she got back, sorry for the delay. Please, can you send some more samples to such and such? And I thought, have you got the last ones? Did you get them? Did you like them? And before I'd even sent them, she said, oh, we're going to put a request in with this distributor. And I was like, is that a is it one is that a sale and it was a, so it was a gradual process there was no big we love your products we're gonna <laughs> stock them though and so I had to sort of um so it was a gentle sort of realization that I was actually being stoked um and the day the actual order came in was March the 11th 2021 which is a week and a day after I took the photo and weirdly I was wearing the same jumper <laughs> Yeah, so this this is interesting because I saw this, I think it was on LinkedIn, that you took a picture of yourself outside Selfridges yeah. and then the next year later, we'll link to that because I think it's really interesting to see that because you're wearing the same jumper and the fact that it is all about those sort of small incremental goals, isn't it, of just doing that next thing and yes, you can get beaten down, you know, perhaps that first person that you spoke to wasn't quite the right person and, you know, very it's very easy to get discouraged and just be like right I'm shutting it all down and this isn't right and it is it's kind of just getting up after each knock and just going okay so what can I learn what can I do from this and and the amount of times I've had to do this on my journey recently you know over the past couple of years of maybe thinking that I should niche with this audience or then it just didn't feel right and maybe I should do this and that didn't feel right you see so many business people who admit that it took 15 years to actually make a profit or it took you know 15 years to actually get to the point where they would thought they were successful so so many of these stories can put us off because we think oh well they did it in a year and if they did it in a year then you know I can't do it yeah and especially as women that we have got more hurdles life is still focused on women being quite central to families and and I personally quite happy about that, but we're also kind of, especially this year, we were held back. Things really did sort of go hand to mouth where we had to be at home feeding our kids and and schooling our kids. And if our salary wasn't the biggest salary, then that person who was earning more had to sort of really work, especially in my house. And I thought, how am I ever going to get my business back on track? How's this ever going to happen? I do feel as women that we are faced with more challenges but I actually feel that that gives us more of a spring in our step as well that gives us that extra boost that when we are successful and when we do things like what you've just done it makes it even more special because we have had to kind of fight against more things did you 
feel that over lockdown there were moments where you were just like how how is this ever going to happen yeah absolutely I think the first lockdown was really hard for different reasons it was the anxiety about getting food in the house because I actually I'd watched that film whatever that film was with Gwyneth Feltro about the disease and in my mind the world was going to go down and we were never going to there was no food that was going to be made you know it was sort of worst case scenario so I was really uh, worried about the basics and then when we realised that it was going to be all right in that sense, um, lockdown three, the most recent one, I found very, very hard uh, for the reasons you say. So the kids were at home. They're only young. They're well, three, five and six. And, you know, I wasn't so concerned about homeschooling per se. I mean, obviously I had to try and do something, but it was just the constant. I mean, my kids are loud. They scream a lot. It's crazy. So even without a business, I was actually feeling suffocated. And I found that really, really difficult. It's winter. You know, normally you might have some nice play dates inside, catch up with a friend while the kids, you know, played Havoc. But at least there was some engagement here. It was just completely intense. And added to that I was you know my business was up and running and it was doing well so you know and I was so frustrated that I couldn't make those sales calls I'm very fortunate that my husband was working from home and of course he has the bigger income and he's the one who is the priority to work absolutely but he took Thursday and Friday mornings off so that was that was something um, and at least it gave me a little bit of time to be able to to do a little bit of sales calls not not enough because by the time you sit down it's lunchtime and that's that's that but I was working to midnight every night. I mean, I really was working every single night. And I was got to the point in the last sort of two or three weeks, my mindset had gone. <laughs> I didn't have the mindset I wanted. And I just, you know, I was almost on the verge of breaking. Every time I passed a neighbor in the street, I was having a rant and about to burst into tears. So I, found, I did find it really, really tough. Now, of course, you know, they've been back at school for a few weeks. It's springs in the air. And I feel lifted and rejuvenated, but it really got to a point where I wasn't coping, you know. That was tough. And obviously, it was my responsibility. Um, and I knew I wasn't doing it all. I wasn't, you know, the house was still a complete tip, despite me being there. I mean, it was ridiculous. I did post something on LinkedIn, you know, literally the kids climbing up the banisters, the laundry exploding, <laughs> you turn around. And the kid, the other kids have got felt tips all over their faces, trying to run a business. So I, yeah, I, I found I found it all quite difficult. I saw that post actually, and it did make me laugh because I think it is important to show that it is. Yeah, it's just not possible to do it all. No. I speak to a lot of women who are incredibly overwhelmed because they believe that everything should be in place, everything should be right, and if it's not, this sort of like perfectionism drowns them and that's where we see huge amounts of anxiety that's when we feel completely lost and we lose ourselves because we believe that the houses should be right and the kids should be fed well we should be looking put together but I think what this lockdown actually has done has shone a light inwards and I think we've all come out I can't think of one person that has said that this time was easy in any way. Yes, we might have had lovely moments of being with the family and, and had like a bit of time away from all the busyness of life. But I think we've all kind of been on a bit of an even playing field, whether we're running like huge businesses or we are just at home mums. And we've all recognised that we just can't do it all. Yeah. I think it's important for women because when we want to sort of launch a business and we, we want to have that drive, how do we still, I think it's a tricky one because I think maybe I suffered from this a little bit that I was worried that 
maybe success would be detrimental to my family. Maybe if I was a success that I wanted to be, maybe I wouldn't be around for my kids. Maybe I wouldn't be able to pick them up from school. All the things that matter to me, I guess it's sort of values that would be taken away. And I struggled a little bit with this. And sometimes I felt like I was standing in my own way, that if I accepted another workshop or if I, if I worked another evening, that would mean I couldn't put my kids to bed. And that would mean that I wasn't putting dinner on the table and all these things that I was used to doing. And I realized I couldn't do I couldn't do it all. And what the lockdown actually did was I was working a lot with American clients. So my evenings were taken up. So from four o'clock in the afternoon, my husband then would take over and he would do tea and bedtime and he would hang out with the kids at six o'clock, which was historically what I would do. And he would come home about six, six thirty. There was a turnaround and I recognized that the house didn't fall apart. The kids didn't hate me. Food was on the table. The house was relatively tidy. And actually at seven o'clock, I came out of my office and I felt like, oh, okay, I'm achieving something now. You know, and it's kind of gone back a little bit now because I've just sort of changed my working hours. But did you feel like that at all? That oh my God, I've had, you know, these few years of being at home and now, you know, look, my business is taking off and, you know, what happens if I'm super successful and what's going to happen to my kids? How have you navigated that? There's always a guilt factor, I think. Yeah. Partly on a positive note, I actually feel that it's my time. You know, I had five years, a solid stay-at-home mom, done my rounds at the park, the playgroups. So I definitely feel, no, it's my time to do it. But then you sort of, my youngest is uh, still at preschool and I know that I am not taking her to the groups that I was taking the eldest ones to. We're not having that one-on-one time. It's hard when they're that sort of close in age. It's really easy to get caught up in that sort of cycle of, oh, but then they're only young for this small amount of time. You know, I'm sending them, well, obviously we've only been back a few weeks and it's Easter. And I made the decision, I, I've just got into a flow here with work. I need to, you know, so I put them in a camp for four days, all three of them. And actually, I think they'll benefit from it. They'll probably get far more engaged than if I was sort of trying to half work. So I think it'll be a good thing. But then I think, oh, but am I going to regret this later on? But you can't put yourself on hold all the time. And, you know, there's lots of parents I know. And sometimes I wish I was like this, that I had this set career to fall back on. I sometimes wish I'd been a lawyer or something else where I've got this. I've come back after maternity leave at a year and I've got a four-day-a-week job. And it's almost, it's nothing's easy. It's not necessarily easier, but it's just kind of more, this is structured. This is what I do. These are the hours I do. And you have the wraparound care. And because I'm sort of half in work, half in not, I still have to sort of do both. Yeah. And that's the challenge. I mean, as I say, it's difficult. It's not easy being a working parent or even a stay-at-home parent. I've done, you know, I'm doing, I've done it from both sides. There's no right or wrong, is there? But um, you definitely have that guilt. Yeah, and I think it's difficult, isn't it, when we've got the guilt at the back of our mind, where we are trying to achieve and succeed and like hit those goals and the dreams, and then we've got that like inner critic going, "Oh, what kind of mother are you putting them into camp?" And I've done the same, you know, my my little one's in camp right now, and I know she's having a good time. She's outside doing you know, sports all day with a friends. But that guilt, even though I know that they've been at home with me all year and being with their friends is far more exciting. But I've committed to to this second chapter of mine now. And exactly the same as you is that I it's my time. So the guilt has waned a little bit because I feel like, okay, my eldest is 15 and I have been tried to be as present as I can. And I feel like I've put the foundations there. 
we can only do what we can do as mothers. And I do believe that modeling, you know, what they see and they see you creating a business from scratch. You're learning on the job, literally, you know, you, it's not like you went into food manufacturing and yeah. decided to go off on your own. This is you completely starting a business from your idea, from your head. So what you're contributing to them in the long run is entrepreneurialism, ambition, creativity, excitement, all these fantastic things that they will understand when they're older, but they don't quite understand now. And I know you've just launched a nuts range, haven't you? So yeah. you're already expanding. Yeah. And and I believe that this is just probably the beginning for you. And your kids will definitely be old enough very soon and be like, wow, and they'll go to the supermarket and they'll see your things on the shelves. Is that something that you're excited about? And and tell me a little bit about the expansion plans. Yeah, no, it's it's um, exciting that, you know, even they, they know my sources. Sometimes they'll joke, they'll copy my spiel because they'll have heard me <laughs> practicing a pitch. Um, and, you know, I've got big plans to expand. Um, so I'm going to be doing... So I've got my nuts, which launched in December, and already I've sold about 7,000 bags, you know, and I'm not in a major retailer. These are all sales I've, you know, um, been getting to independence mostly um, and selfridges, of course. Um, and I've got a, two more condiments coming um, in a couple of months. So I'm really excited about that. These are sort of um, uh, a bit more Asian focused, actually, than, than the last because the hot sauces, the table sauces could be, you know, there's a tamarind sauce, but there's also a hot and sour, a jalapeno and lime. So they're just flavoursome table sauces that are inspired. Um, I'm hoping to do another some more uh, flavours on the nuts uh, by the end of the year as well. Um, and I've got other plans for snacking. So you know every sort of six months I'm planning on bringing out some new products and it could yeah it's vast it could be anything in snacking anything in food it's all for the whole sort of ethos is about flavor adventure flavor hunters it's so you know I'm targeting foodies people who love their food love trying new things and want excitement whenever they're eating whatever eating occasion that might be it is all about mindset we've talked about we were talking about this before and it's just about having that um, there are days when you compare yourself to other people as you said oh that person who their company was worth 10 million in the, 10 million in the first year and you think oh, well mine is not worth that but actually you've just there's almost an element of having a bigger ambition but doing it day by day you know how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time sort of thing is that little footsteps but having that trying to be positive about it having that mindset and it's funny because in lockdown I had a, my mindset went but as soon as it's back again I can't see any other way it's almost like once I'm back on this, on the train, I'm really focused, tunnel visioned, I've got this purpose. And I, I think about having your own business is you've got to be really focused, you've got to really want it, especially with a product, maybe I'm not saying both, but with a product, you've actually paid for this product, you've actually outlaid money. So you've got to sell it again. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. So there's a bit of a, t a clock ticking on it as well. Um, and it's just really about just a focus and determination I think and I think with any business that's what it's going to take to be successful um having that shift and you know I've got I've got big plans just because that's the way I like to have a big plan you know I remember working my first sales job and the guy was like there's nothing worse than aiming low and missing <laughs> you know so try and think big <laughs> I love that. And and we mentioned Sarah Blakely before from Spanx and she's someone that I really admire and I, and I always follow her posts and everything. 
And she's a perfect example of how she came up with this concept of Spanx, which are the elasticated like underwear to hold everything in. And to have an idea like that out of nowhere and then to actually put it into production and convince people that this is what they needed. I don't know if you might saw the same post is that she showed a video of her going back to her old house. And she she showed this video of her um, house that she, I think she lived with a, with a boyfriend at the time. And um, the guy who lived there um, allowed them in and she went in into the corner of the living room. You know, this is where I packed my boxes, went into a bedroom and this is where we shipped them. And this is where I had one house phone. We used this phone to, to make all the orders. And, you know, this woman like is like a, a multi-millionaire, whatever she is, like this kind of worldwide business. But she showed that it started from somewhere. And I'm really keen because I get, I'm really inspired by entrepreneurism and how it, it works because women aren't any different to men. Like our ideas are no less, you know, important. And, you know, sometimes women actually have better insights and intuitive instincts um, and can know whether something's going to work kind of like instinctively. Um, But unfortunately, just our positioning in society um, still just kind of holds us back a little bit. But I don't want that to be something that um, stops someone from from going forward with their dream and thinking, well, you know, there's just no way I I can do this. You know, I'm a mum at home with my kids and I've got no um, savings and I've got no connections and, and all of these things that we can tell ourselves that you know, it's very easy for that inner critic to come in or the ego mind to come in and go, don't be ridiculous. You know, who are you to do this? Or don't be ridiculous. You've got no money um, or no experience. But once we bypass that inner critic, that voice, and I feel like that's what a lot of very successful business people have got in common is that it's not anything to do with their education, their experience, um, their connections. It's they've all got the one thing in common, which is um it's mindset and 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 belief and self-belief and probably still having all the same kind of inner critic and and the comparisonitis and all the things that we we suffer from, but their their inner belief is probably stronger. They've kind of like honed, you know, honed it. Um what would you give if you if someone is listening right now and you had you know any advice for someone who is a couple of years behind you know behind you in their journey uh, and helping a woman to kind of go you know what sod it I am gonna go to the library and do that research and and see you know what the competition is what advice would you give them right now um I would say take action uh, positive action in the direction you want um without a doubt so it's not just about thinking about it like like as I was doing for a while but it's about actually doing it and being proactive um you know I didn't have context when I started um but you just get immersed in the world you do your research you you network like crazy I mean networking is a huge part of it um there are so many things that you can do if you're coming from a position of nothing to you know to up and running so that it's definitely it's a level playing field, really, for the food world particularly, um, because there are entrepreneurs who are really young, who are who are retired, you know, or come out of retirement. So there's literally there's nothing stopping anyone from doing doing it. It's about you can you have as much chance as anyone else, really, if you do if you put in the legwork. Um, so I would definitely say 
stop, start doing it, get that research done, immerse yourself, look at your competitors, speak to people, speak to your peers, network, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, become the expert in that category. Learn everything you can. Have you um have you read any of the Marie Forleo books or have you have you no, listened I... to her pod? Oh my gosh, right. So Marie Forleo is an amazing um woman who is just she's got podcasts, she's got an amazing book, and her big piece of advice is just just starts just do one yep. thing um and she is really inspiring i would really highly recommend you know she's got um really short snappy podcasts um and her book i think i've read about three times and i've got about a million post-it notes in there um and she just breaks it all down makes it super simple um she she is that person that you want is like your kind of like inner cheerleader and it's almost like memorizing and internalizing what she's got to say and when you scrolling through Instagram and you see all your competitors like bragging and shouting about what they're doing and you just kind of like go back to to what she says and it is it's like having that um business coach and cheerleader just there um, and I honestly I found her book so helpful um so I'd highly recommend that and what you said about um just you know doing that networking and then really kind of um, doing that research. I know that you um, won uh, an award with Theo Pafitis from Dragon's Den. Is that right? Yes. He, um, again, this is something I heard of, I, you know, I heard of sort of relatively recently. Um, in fact, like the week before I entered it, uh, I heard he did this thing where you, on a Sunday night, you, um, you, you message him or you, you know, you tweet him and hashtag SBS about um, your business um, and he decides on some winners. Now, this is significant because they um, there's a whole sort of network. Um, so you're networking there. I've actually got business with other fellow SBS winners. Um, it's also got me in my local paper, believe it or not, Ham and High, because I wrote a press release and they they have some tools available for you on the uh, Theopathetis platform for winners. Um, and actually every year, sadly, it's not happening this year because of COVID, but every year he has a massive uh, event for the winners to meet and network in person. So it's a shame that's not going to happen but um it will happen hopefully next year and i'll still be invited so um it that definitely opened some doors and it just is a bit more of a um it's an accolade it's something that um gets people's attention i, I posted it on linkedin and it actually did really as a post it got loads of views so something that people are interested in and again it's validation um and at this point it was only october so i'd only been going four months um and i just put it out there because i think well I, you know, I was proud of my achievements. And I know that if I speak to other people, oh, I've sold X amount of my product in this period of time, I would be put off. But I knew that what I had done, I was really happy that I had done this thing with kids in lockdown, you know, and, and had done as well as I had done. Um, yeah, so you can't really compare yourself to others. And maybe if it spurs you on, if you're competitive, then maybe that's a good thing. It, it might spur you on. But um, yeah, I think you just got to put yourself out there. And I think one thing that music taught me was the art of self-promotion. Um, and that's in terms of networking and about being seen and about, yeah, uh, about getting your name out there. And I think that's really important. So, you know, you mentioned about music. So when you've got a big advert on TV, we know that you're going to be doing the jingle. Uh, not quite. Can <laughs> <laughs> you imagine? Uh, yeah, oh, guitar but... on like Dragon's Den. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got, I mean, it is, it is there's an element of self-promotion there, isn't there? And you've got to have that self-belief to know that, it's good to talk about your successes and your wins. Um, and the more you focus on these successes and wins, the more you're 
brain is um, attracted to other opportunities. So we can always be in sort of like self-deprecation mode and, and be like, oh, you know, it's not that great. And so-and-so did better. And then we, we, we it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy that we're always kind of like a bit on, a, on the down on ourselves. But if we're celebrating those small wins, you know, like you, you mentioned that it's, um, it, it was on Twitter and, and and like, this is a big deal. And you went into, um, you know, um, your local newspaper, these small wins accumulate. Yeah. And before you know, and when I was reading your, um, your biog that you sent me, I was just like, wow, these are incredible. This is really, really big. Um, and I'm glad to have you on the podcast so you can celebrate this. And um, even more so, I want other women to recognize that it's not an overnight job, yeah. but to have um, action after action after action, just to keep you going. It's like a snowball effect um, yes. and things will come from it because absolutely. you are putting that intentional action into place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Having that, go- having that goal and following it up with action, basically. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for, for doing this. I've, I've been really inspired by your story. Um, and I am really excited to see where it takes you. And, and what I'll do is I'll put all the information on the show notes. And I know you've offered um, a discount for the listeners, haven't you? Yeah. Um, so I will put all the details. Can people just buy directly from your website? Where's the, what's the best way? Yeah, absolutely. And the website's The Wolf's Kitchen. So that's two O's, um, confusingly. Uh, the Wolf's kitchen.com uh, and you can buy the products um, it, with the code ambitious 10 uh, and yeah 10% off so oh amazing well thank you so much and I have to say now that the sun's out and you mentioned those nuts I'm quite looking yeah. forward to um, having some of those nuts on the on the outside in the patio with a gin and tonic oh, they go perfectly. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so yeah as soon as you sort of talk, started talking about these these nuts I was like yes gin and tonic sunshine I'm, I'm all over it um so thank you so much Dominique and um, I'm sure we will speak again very lovely soon. so good to speak to you take care bye so that's this week's episode done I really hope you've enjoyed it and it's helped you in some small way I listen to loads of podcasts and have learned so much along my journey and now know I'm a real auditory learner. And if you're the same and you're often inspired by listening to thought-provoking conversations, please don't underestimate the power in sharing it to ensure other people can also be inspired. Not only does this help your friends, but it also lets the host know how beneficial the episode has been to them. It's such a quick thing to recommend a podcast on your social media but it means the world to us and helps more like-minded people join in the conversation. So simply screenshot your phone and share the image of this podcast by text or on your social media to someone you think who needs to hear it. And the power of a recommendation really does work and creates a ripple effect for all those involved. Also, I've got a Facebook group called the Ambitious Mums Wellbeing and Lifestyle Chat. And my aim is to create a safe space to discuss any of the topics that have been mentioned in the episodes moving forwards. I'd really love to see you there. Thank you so much for listening and see you back here for the next episode. Mm -hmm.